we would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where it's time. That's right. It has been months in the making, months in the coming. It's another time for the Rad Dome. Rad Dome. With that said, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Turn it over to Alton. Thank you very much, Dan. Welcome everybody back to another episode of Rad Dome. Tonight we have a fascinating new topic for you, but if you haven't joined us before, I'd like to walk you through the high level. In Rad Dome, two contestants enter with teams of fictional characters whose job it is to earn them points in one of three categories. The first will begin with R, the second will begin with A, and the third is D which always stands for danger. Yeah. Tonight's theme is the zombie apocalypse. We have had three rad domes to date so far. If you haven't had a chance to listen to them, I highly, highly encourage that you go back and listen because they're a fantastically fun time. Keep in mind that all of the contestants and the judge involved are completely ad-libbing this. So don't expect it to be beautiful, cogent, cohesive, coherent, but it will be fun. Um, as a reminder, uh, each person at the start of the round will get to have an introduction for their character well, as well as an opening argument, at which point it will pass over to the other player for a two-minute rebuttal, followed by up to a two-minute defense. After both players have had a chance to present in their given category, they'll assign a score to the other person's character out of 10, with 10 being perfection in the category. But as a friendly reminder, the points don't matter. They don't mean a thing. We have all kinds of secret scoring going on behind the scenes. And at the end of the day, regardless of whether you hear your favorite character or not, or even if we trash on your favorite character or not, it is strictly our opinion for purposes of entertainment. This is by no means scientific. And with that, gentlemen, allow me to introduce <laughs> our three categories for the day. First, in the R category, we have reactions. How quickly does the character react to new information? How effectively do they respond to changes in their environment? Uh, this is more than just keeping cool, but it should definitely be considered. Second, in the A category, we have adaptability. How capable is the character when their greatest strengths are unavailable to them? What makes them a unique fit to survive the apocalypse? Keep in mind that this is not only street smarts, knowledge also matters. And finally, if you don't know that the D is for danger, you should definitely catch up on previous Rad Dome episodes. How does this character defend themselves? How do they obtain and protect resources in the hellish landscape of post-outbreak? And most importantly, what makes them more dangerous than the other characters in this episode? And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be entering the Rad Dome. <laughs> those of you who have not participated in a rad dome before today our contestants are going to be bringing teams of fictional characters to compete in three categories one for each letter in the word rad first in the art category we have reactions how quickly does the character react to new information how effectively do they respond keep in mind that this is more than just keeping cool though it should definitely be part of your considerations second is adaptability how capable is the character when their greatest strengths are unavailable? What makes them a unique fit for this hellish apocalypse? Keep a close watch that this is not only street smarts, general knowledge also plays a role. 
And finally, if you don't know that the D is for danger, you should definitely go back and watch the first three episodes. This should answer the question, how does this character defend themselves? How do they obtain and protect resources in the landscape of the zombie apocalypse? And most importantly, what makes them more dangerous than the other characters in this episode? As a reminder to our contestants, you will have three minutes to introduce your character and make an initial argument, at which point your opponent will get a two minute rebuttal. At the tail end, you will be provided with an up to two minute defense. After both players have had a chance to present their character for the category, you'll each assign a score to the other person's character out of 10, with 10 being perfection in this given category. Gentlemen, are you ready to play in the Rad Dome? Oh yeah, let's do I it. I'm ready for this. Excellent, thank you so much. I, I think it's really gonna be a great time. You know, the first three that we've done have been so great. I cannot stress enough, go back, listen to them. They're awesome. Now, something important. Dan is currently up a Rad Dome, two to one against Krebs, which means that Krebs gets to decide who goes first in the first round. Mr. Krebs, your decision, please. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. I appreciate your moderation. And I would also like to say before I give my final decision over here that uh, I just want to reiterate that I thought for sure I had Dan last Rad Dome. I thought for <laughs> sure I had him beaten and on the ropes, but no, he came back in the 11th hour and beat me for the lead. So I feel especially pressured to win this one. I am going to ask Dan to go first in, in round Whoa. one. And I can't wait to unleash my secret weapon. I know. I, I so 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 for the people at home, when we were devising this, we don't share our answers in advance. But there was this moment where Dan goes, "Oh, I know, I've got it." And then he sat back with a smile on his face. Now the zombie apocalypse is my jam, but I'm legitimately nervous. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not even going to hide it. I am legit nervous about this. All right. Well, some good news for you on that note. Before we begin, just remember. The points don't matter. And people at home playing along, if you don't see your favorite character today, or if we just lambast your favorite character in the world, remember, game, it's all opinions. And I'm mostly just cracking jokes. This is entirely improvisational. We love it. We're grateful that you're here. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to that mr dan you have three minutes to make your introduction and opening argument first category reactions character and why are they i will for pick this? the perfect character for reaction because all i have to say is Klatu, Mirada, <laughs> oh i knew it i knew it Ashley J. Williams, best character in the reaction category because, man, that guy is just living on reactions. He's flying by the seat of his pants. He's making mistakes. He's living mistakes. and But yet everything that flies at him, he's, he, he, he has to make a split-second decision. He has fought two doppelgangers of himself. He's had to kill his own sister. He's had to kill the wife of the professor that summoned or that found the Necronomicon and unleashed the deadites upon the world and infected her. Not only that, he's also gone back in time and had to kill her a second time after accidentally letting her go. Ashley J. Williams is the best person for the job. And, you know, when he loses his hand, he, he doesn't worry. He just slaps a chainsaw on that sucker and starts using it left and right. He's used a belt as a whip. He's, he's got his uh, boomstick. 
this guy knows his stuff and fights the zombies, the evil dead, like no other person out there. Beautiful. Uh, I have to say, you definitely shopped smart. You shopped S smart. I um, did. I want, I want you to know, I want you to know that I purposely did not choose that character because in my heart of hearts, I knew you had dibs. And so I'm very happy that you chose Ash. But he's not my secret weapon. That's, and that is impressive that he's not your secret weapon. Now I'm like really interested. I, I think I have an idea of who it might be, but I'm going to wait and find out. Right. Now, now in terms of, you know, it, it's my job to rebut that. I, I will just come out and say, you made a great choice. That was a fantastic choice. I love how you chose a guy who can't follow simple instructions. I love how you chose a guy who can't remember three words. I like how you chose a guy who spends his career at a discount box store. And the only way he can find greatness is to be sucked into a parallel universe or another dimension or back in time to fight creatures who are far below his technological level. I love how you chose a guy who can't keep his family alive. I like how you chose a guy whose greatest enemy is himself. Now that's actually a philosophical point there, but I love how he's constantly fighting himself, which means that at his core, he is the evil one. In fact, even in Army of Darkness, when he has to fight himself, it's because his evil self, his doppelganger, has become the king of the dead to destroy the living. And so here in the zombie apocalypse, you choose the guy who is the cause of the problem. Well done. Yeah. Very good. Dan, you have a two-minute defense. Well, I mean, you're right. But it's not him. It is his doppelganger. And what does he do? He rises to the occasion. He yells, come get some. He goes out. He charges on his magical deed of awesomeness that he turns into this giant windmill of death and just slaughters things left and right. And then, then he goes back, returns back to the S-Mart. The deadites appear. And yet he still has time to defeat the deadites and say, Give me some sugar, baby, because he re- he doesn't sit there. There, you know, it's you got fight, flight, or freeze. He totally fights. He he reacts to the moment or facing him, and that's all that matters. Because in the reaction zone, it's all about how do we react. And he doesn't he doesn't run. He doesn't freeze up. He reacts, even if it is his fault. Very good. Uh, before I give you any of my thoughts. Uh, I am, you know, really happy with the uh, introduction that you have so far. I am, of course, going to be awarding my personal score as well as bonus points after you both have given a chance uh, to introduce your characters. Mr. Krebs, you have a three-minute introduction and opening argument. So I will absolutely introduce you to a much less flashy, but a much more effective anti-zombie apocalypse character, Jerry Lane. Jerry Lane is a completely forgettable name, but you will remember him as being portrayed by Brad Pitt in World War Z, the film. In World War Z, the film, he is there day zero when the outbreak occurs. In terms of reaction, let's go over the things that he discovers along the way. Using his uh, completely everything that's in his environment at all times. He's incredibly situationally aware. He has a strong military background. So he's been trained how to defend himself, how to defend others, how to put himself in harm's way and do so and come out and, vic- and come out victorious. His daughter's bear falls into the road. The little 
countdown timer, the little game it plays, which is a counting game, plays, and he's able to see what the turnaround time is. And he uses that to determine if he himself is infected, whether or not he can save someone else when they get infected, how much time they have to get to safety. A toy bear fell on the street and he unlocked one of the most important secrets of the zombie apocalypse. He ends up traveling during the zombie apocalypse when millions of people are dying. He travels overseas more than once to solve the problem. And though he joins multiple teams, he saves as many lives as he can save. But then in an onslaught of the undead, he still finds ways to save himself and sometimes a couple of other people, including cutting off the arm of an Israeli soldier to stop her from being infected and turning. And he saves her life. That was the first time in the film that he saved someone from the infection after it was introduced into their bloodstream. And then later in the movie, when he realizes, uh, when when he realizes uh, what he's up against and uh, what the symptoms are, he's able to come back with a solution for the entire world. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, Mr. Dan, you have a two minute rebuttal. Well, you know, I, I like what you said. However, you started off with like, like the, the supposed trump card that it's, you know, Brad Pitt. You know, the character itself in the book, the novelization, I would have totally backed behind you. But Brad Pitt is this guy just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Uh, He doesn't strike me as the military genius uh, that you would normally see. You know, I I hate to say that. That's just not Brad Pitt. And the sad thing that you, you brought up is he's supposed to be this this genius, right? This really bright scientist, but he re- it requires a teddy bear. I mean, he couldn't figure that out in his own. He had to wait for a teddy bear to fall on the ground to figure out this formula of how to save people and, and blah, blah. Uh, you know, but I will give you the, the kudos on, you know, he, he, especially with that soldier, he reacted. He saved her life uh, from the infection. That is awesome. Uh, so I definitely can't tear that one apart. Uh, so great character. And yeah, the thing that is really goofy uh, about that, especially that movie, is they, they, they relied too much on Brad Pitt's star power instead of the character. And I would have loved to have seen more of the character that shines in the book. So that's where I'm going to say, ah, this one falls a little short for me. Very, very good. Thank you very much. Mr. Cribs, you have up to two minutes to defend. While I totally acknowledge that the movie is not the book and the book is definitely a superior work of art, I will absolutely point out that I'm only talking about the character as portrayed in the film and the things that that character accomplishes. And in the film itself, he ends up discovering that he can infect himself with a deadly disease. He takes on a deadly disease so that he can walk among the dead long enough to to return the cure that will be disseminated to the world that will end the zombie apocalypse. He is one of the few characters in any zombie apocalypse IP where he actually finds the cure. And he was so bad a that he took on a deadly disease, grabbed its cure, grabbed the cure for the world and saved himself and the world and got back to his family who did not die, Ash. That is what Jerry Lane did for the zombie apocalypse. Very impressive. Thank you both for staying succinct and on time. <laughs> a couple of thoughts. Hang on, um, hang on, Alton. Hang on. Dan, oh, that was a great first round. 
Oh my gosh, that was awesome. That was a great first round. Thank you. All right, Elton, take it away. Excellent. Um, so a couple of quick thoughts before I have you both assign a score to the other person's character out of 10. Um, Dan, you really ought to get that cough checked out, man. Like I'm, I'm a little worried about you. you your opening statement, you got a little wheezy. Is oh, worried about you. Well, you know, um, you, you got to do it. You just got to do it sometimes. Now, one other thing that I will warn you, Dan, is that, that you were telling me a lot about danger, but I appreciate Ash is the kind of person who would really give me a hand in a hard situation. Yep, yep, he would. Um, I also need to particularly point out that, you know, you can't follow instructions or remember three words. Um, stop hitting yourself, man. But at the same time, you also hit one of my secret bonus phrases, way to get some, my good sir. At the end of the day, I also have to appreciate how ice cool ashes and uh, so with all of that excellently done there on the outside uh krebs i am also going to be awarding you a bonus point for the smart reference thank you very much i uh, absolutely love it um so a bold move to uh start with the pits of despair as an opening character but nevertheless i appreciate that you did in fact limit it to the scope of the films themselves uh the military background is very interesting Try saying toy bear three times fast. Toy bear, toy bear. Um, oh, dang it. There you go. I, I, I will uh, warn you that, Dan, although you did make a strong rebuttal, uh, genius is in fact called out specifically in adaptability, not reaction time. This is reactions. Bonus points are being awarded. However, Krebs, just remember, courage is not keeping cool. Those are very separate things. All in all, one point if by land, two if by Z's, bonus points are going to be going up to everybody. Thank you both very much for an exciting first round. Mr. Krebs, how would you rate Dan's choice of Ash on a scale of one to ten? Uh, you know what? Ash is definitely one of the characters I wanted in my roster. And uh, he, is an, he is an obvious and powerful choice. Even with his foibles and flaws, I'd have to give him like an eight. Very good. And uh, Mr. Dan, how do you feel about Jerry Lane on a scale of one to ten? Well, because, you know, he was created by the son of the, the master comedian Mel Brooks and a very <laughs> solid character. Uh, I'm going to go with the Schwartz and give him an eight. Very good, very good. Thank you both for participating in the first round. Now, as we move into the second round, because Dan went first, Krebs, you're going to get to go first in the second round. As a reminder, the category this round is adaptability. How capable is the character when their greatest strengths are unavailable? What makes them a unique fit for the apocalypse? Keeping in mind, this is not only street smarts. Knowledge also matters in a world with fewer and fewer resources. With that in mind, Mr. Krebs, who have you chosen? You have a three minute introduction and argument. I want you to know that I had three people in mind for this particular category, and it is still very difficult for me to choose, but I'm gonna have to go with, uh, I'm gonna have to go with Daryl of The Walking Dead. I almost chose a couple of other people, one of them from The Walking Dead also, but Daryl. Daryl starts off in season one as this bony kid who's following around his older brother and definitely buying into some of his older brother's shenanigans and, and bigotry, but very quickly, very quickly, 
Daryl adapts, joins the group, becomes a part of the group, becomes an invaluable part of the group. He has been in pits with Zeds. He has uh, had to fashion his own weapons. He has made traps in the woods. He has hunted. He has provided food for himself and for others. Every time he turns around and there's a new challenge, he finds a way to fix it. He built a motorcycle out of spare parts. He lost his crossbow, then gained a replacement crossbow. At every season, every turn, every time you turn around, Daryl is the guy you can count on surviving. He was one of the first people to wear the blood and the sinew and the in, the uh, the viscera of the undead to walk among them like he was using undead camouflage. Daryl is extremely adaptable, and that's why he is the last of the original cast to be on the show, alongside Carol, of course. Carol and Daryl for life, y'all. Very, very good. Daniel, you have a two-minute response. You know, it's easy to go with just throwing on a meat suit of zombie. You know, that doesn't take a lot of adaptability. That's just like, hey, I'm just going to throw this on. What takes, what is, what is adaptability is to be able to overcome situations over and over. Uh, um, Daryl has that, really. Yes, he, he's been able to survive long. He, I, I'll give you that. He's been in a think outside box a little bit, but not really in an adaptable way that helps. You know, I, I have to say you lose points on the meat suit. I, it's, it, that's just too easy. It just really is too easy, in my opinion. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Thank you very much, Dan. Krebs, you have up to two minutes to defend yourself. Go. If anyone has ever been around decomposition or rotting meat, I would say easy is not the word I would describe when putting that on your face and under your nose. In fact, your body is biologically created to be repulsed by those uh, by those uh, odors and by those chemicals that actually causes you to vomit. But Daryl overcame those things because he had to for survival and to save other people. And it wasn't just about ad adapting for survivability. He also adapted as a character. He went from a scrawny bigot who followed his brother to be someone who was the brother of the leader of the crew, to being the leader himself, losing his bigotry, finding more people and saving more lives than he's ever lost. And he did that by adapting to every scenario at every turn, including the time that he was held as a POW among the saviors under Negan, where he escaped by adapting. Ooh, ooh, spoiler warnings, good grief. Jeez. I tried to stay away okay, from season well, 10 stuff. It's fair. It's fair game. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Dan, I believe that you have someone to bring to the table. For I, I do. I'm bringing fellow ginger Milo Anderson. Milo Anderson is from the Monster Hunter International series written by Larry Correa. Milo the show. is from Idaho. And, yeah, Milo is from Idaho. As a teenager, he discovered that monsters are real. Milo has fought zombies. He is, he is one of the few people that has so much faith in his God that he has repulsed master vampires. Not many people can say that. That's without a holy symbol, say, mind you. Um, he is the epitome of adaptability. He is the MacGyver of the Monster Hunter thing. He can take parts and things and make weapons that would make you salivate and these things are weapons of mass destruction uh not only is he a fellow gun nut 
but he has made some weapons that are devastatingly destructive and will wipe out massive hordes of zombies and would probably make Jerry Lane uh, jaw drop in stun and amazement and make Negan run for the hills because, man, the stuff he makes is just... Let's just put it. It made a. It's made dra- a dragon kind of go. Hmm. Interesting. I may have to buy that. Uh, so with that said, Milo is probably the most adaptable character uh, that I have ever met because, much like MacGyver, they can take a paperclip and a rubber band and turn it into something amazing. So can Milo. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mr. Cripps. A two-minute rebuttal. That is an excellent choice. That one, is, and that one's hard to argue against too, right? Like that is, I know when you, when you have literary, is this your secret weapon, by the way? Nope. Nope. Oh my gosh. Look at him coming out. Swinging. I'm leaving the secret weapon for the D round. Nice. Uh, you know, you watch, you watch films like Warm Bodies and you have, late teens, early 20-somethings who magically solve the zombie apocalypse with love. You watch Last Kids on Earth and they somehow survive in a small group of, of teenagers because with their wit and their humor and their spry youthfulness, they're able to invent their own versions of parkour and kill things with broken bats. It's very easy for us to get behind the idea that youth can solve our problems. And the truth is in the reality of things, when you look at how the world works, when you look at emotional maturity, when you look at uh, how the youth of today confront the problems of tomorrow, the truth is what we've seen time and time again is that more and more they need help from their elders. And here you've chosen a character who is so deep in his youth, there is no way that he is going to stand up against Daryl when it comes to real adaptability because... Daryl already learned the lessons that he needed to learn. And here you've picked a character who has a lot left to learn about life. Very cool. Dan, do you have up to two minutes for defense? Oh, I have the perfect defense. Man, I really wish you would have read the books. Because uh, Milo's <laughs> actually in the So my mentioning is he actually discovered the truth of monsters in his teens. So he has actually had lots of time to... Uh, to to grow, to mature, to understand the natures of monsters. But yes, you're right. In the early days, yes, he would have been kind of, he would have been green uh, around the years, but he has, he's had his fair share of fights and scrapes and battles to get through. Uh, um, and he has fought more than just zombies. He has fought undead. He has fought uh, children and master vampires. And, you know, Koopa, uh, I can't, I, yeah, Chupacabras. Uh, Chupacabras. Chupacabras. That's okay. Chupacabra. Yes. You know, and, you know, not only that, he's also seen a Shugath. You know, who has ever seen a Shugath and survived? Not many people, but he has. So, you know, the great thing about Milo is he's also humble. So he's okay that, you, you know, you trash talk him a little bit. He's still got faith enough to, to scare a master vampire away. Thank you very much. Um, now I am going to take just a second to uh, tabulate some points here. And, and while I'm doing that, uh, let's go ahead and start. Mr. Dan, how many out of 10 do you give for Daryl from The Walking Dead? You know what? This is, 
I'm, I'm, I got to give Krebs props for pulling out Daryl um, because Daryl is a great character and I really struggled to try to find something bad to say about the character. Uh, so I'm giving him an eight and a half. Ooh, 8.5. Okay, and uh, Mr. Krebs, give us your thoughts out of 10 on Milo Anderson. Uh, I have the exact same feelings toward Dan's selection. You chose a fantastic character, one that I was obviously unfamiliar with, had to really dig for a defense. You made it very clear that my defense was not that strong. I gotta be honest with you, that's an impressive character that you chose with his repertoire of successes. I'm giving him a nine. Thank you very much, both of you. Uh, a couple of notes from me here. First off, Krebs leading off a shenaniganery, absolutely approved. Um, if a Daryl trips in the woods, is anyone around to hear? It's completely unknown. Also, additional bonus points awarded for making a double pit reference so far. If you can work it into danger, know that there are some bonus points available there for you. <laughs> and uh, you said a very important name that is important to meme culture on the internet. Can you tell me what it is? Oh, dang. Uh, let's see, I said Daryl and Carol. There you go. Carol is was one of my words. Uh, so that's gonna be a bonus five points there. G-A-G-E-Z <laughs> um, with the undead camo. Also bonus points for character growth, which as you know, holds a particular spot in my heart. And you also mentioned Warm Bodies, which is a favorite film of mine. I did not so know that. You did. You did very good here. You did very good. Dan? Meat suit, meat suit. Plus three points for those words. I'm really, really happy there. Also, MacGyver should have had a zombie show. Truth. I don't know why that hasn't happened. If we must reboot something else from the early '90s, let's or I guess late '80s, let's bring that back. Let's well, do MacGyver, already, but in zombies. They already rebooted MacGyver. There's already been one. Yeah, ended, but not so with zombies. No zombies. Not with zombies. Zombies. No zombies. Opportunity missed. Um, I know. Uh, also, uh, you know, repulsing vampires. Okay, that's pretty fun. Uh, a gun nut, to quote one of our mutual uh, appreciations, so uncivilized. Um, however, for catching Krebs in a moment of not knowledge and him falling into the trap of saying young blood, I am giving you some bonus points back there. Um, also, can you pronounce the name of the mythical beast from Mexico for me? Chupacabra. Okay. <laughs> Chupacabra stole some points from you. Very no, good. He, he uh, redeemed himself. You. He redeemed himself. <laughs> With a little help. Yeah, but I got to make fun. I mean, what's, I know, what's even the I point know. if I don't make fun? <laughs> I, struggle, I struggle with those Latin words. It's okay. No stress there. <laughs> um, thank you both for an excellent showing in the second round. I hope our friends at home are enjoying as much as possible. Um, while I am doing a quick tabulation, before we introduce the third round, I would like to give each of you 30 seconds to talk about how you feel you would do in a zombie apocalypse, Ooh. ending by giving yourself a score on a scale of zero to 10. Uh, Mr. Krebs, you will go first. You know, I have been flattered and honored that uh, a multitude of my friends have told me, hey, in the zombie apocalypse, we're coming to your house. In all reality, if I'm if I'm being fair, uh, I don't have as many firearms as I should like for the zombie apocalypse. I don't have as many uh, melee weapons for the zombie apocalypse as I should like. However, I do reload my own ammo as a hobby. 
and I do live in a rather uh, defensible position. My parents more so because they're up on a hill with a wonderful backdrop that defends them from the undead. I think on a scale of zero to 10, I do at least a seven, maybe an eight. Very good, Mr. Dan. You know, the great thing where I live, I don't live too far from Larry's house, Larry Korea. Larry Larry. Korea, his house is literally on a mountain. He's got his own gun range, which means he's got plenty of guns. Yes, he does. He's in the middle of nowhere. And it is, you know, in the winter, it's a great place that, yo, yeah, there's enough place. We can go fishing. We can go hunting deer and stuff like that. There's food. Uh, it is definitely defensible. Uh, I know how to shoot a gun. I know how to use a sword. Uh, I think I would be okay. Um, yeah. Out of 10? So out of 10. And, and the great thing is I know so many people geeks yeah and we've all watched these shows so we know how to take out a zombie we thank know you thank you after the head or chop off the head you know we're, we're good we're, we're not gonna be like what is that and run away we're just gonna do it we're gonna deal with it uh so uh, i mean i am a little out of shape right now so i'm making my an eight. okay that all checks out thank you both very much gentlemen um i have some scores so far um uh some some news for you um the person with the lowest scoring character so far uh is krebs mm-hmm. the person with the highest scoring character so far is krebs as we go into round three um because krebs has both the lowest and highest ranking character we go back to our tiebreakers which means that krebs you get to choose who leads in round three you know dan has a secret weapon and uh i want you to know that in the last in the last few seconds as alton has been speaking i have chosen a character that is not in my roster oh wild card wild card but that should also tell you how well you are doing in my opinion Mm -hmm. you're doing great um I'm, I, I would like to hear Dan's secret weapon first. I was thinking about going first because I thought it would be the honorable move, but, uh, but no, I, I'd like to hear your secret weapon. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mr. Dan, you have three minutes to make an introduction and opening argument. And because you've built this up so much, you better show up and impress me, kid. Oh, I will. I'm starting Thanks. my secret weapon now. Take it away. That's right, Darth freaking Vader. In the Star Wars novel, Death Troopers boards a derelict uh, Star Destroyer that had the troopers there have been infected by a zombie virus. That is right, there were actually zombies in Star Wars. And not only that, they're stormtroopers. And Vader, in all of his majesty and glory, had to fight them and destroy them and the great thing is because he's in his vacuum suit he wasn't a you know and (laughs) most of his limbs are robotic even when they attacked and bit him he did not get infected by this uh airborne virus which so and who doesn't love some lightsabers some force abilities and if that's not danger and destruction i don't know who else is Vader is the epitome of destruction and danger. You see that crimson blade ignite and those 
sounds of raspy robotic breathing and you will you'll run for the hills or start blasting at him like an idiot and i know i've done it before in a vr simulation after years of screaming and yelling at people like why are you doing that and then i do it uh needless to say vader it just decimates uh these zombies and if anyone can strike fear i mean just imagine stormtroopers as zombies it's just that's frightening to me but vader doesn't worry he just wades in and destroys them as horde upon horde of zombies attack him he crushes them he mangles them he slices and dices hey uh, it's just awesome i'll leave it at that very cool uh mr krebs a two-minute rebuttal uh, you know what you know what i'm going to do something unprecedented i am not going to rebut i think you chose an amazing character and it uh, I also honor and love and respect the source material that you have chosen. I think you made a great choice. I, I thought for a moment, I thought for a moment to make a wisecrack about how Vader is closer to a paraplegic Freddy Krueger than he is to being the hero of the story. But the truth is, Darth Vader's a bamf. And let's yes. be honest, those of us who went and saw Rogue One in theaters, we were rewarded with that yes. beautiful moment at the end of the film. And we all felt that dread. I think you made a great choice. I have no rebut. One of the greatest moments in all of cinema. It is all actually my favorite scene in all of cinema. Yeah. And I am partially biased because it is Star Wars, but I also think that just objectively speaking, that's a very well shot, well-directed, yes. well-envisioned yes. scene. Well, just imagine that, like, the entire movie against zombies i mean that's that's how the book mm. is so then because krebs didn't choose to do an actual rebuttal here dan i'm going to give you 30 seconds to say how you would defend if zombie darth vader was walking towards you <laughs> if, you can if, earn some bonus if, points. how would i defend i would probably be like an idiot and open fire again and try <laughs> to hope that he doesn't and then as he's coming close to me start running and screaming like they did towards the Panta and probably fail miserably because let's face it i don't have the force and i, I can swing a lightsaber pretty cool but i, I would look more like finn hmm. i have um actually i'm going to save those questions for um for, for for the for the bonus round here in just a mech, uh, just a moment dan is um, over there so, like uh, dan is like that... i wouldn't fight vader because i don't have the force and then my immediate reaction was that is why you fail Yep. <laughs> it's exactly how I would have failed. I don't All have right. a Jedi master to train me. Mr. Krebs. Yes. Take it away for D. You've got My gosh. Minutes. I have to choose someone to go up against the Lord of the Sith. I am so grateful that you chose Lord Vader because I chose the God of War. Corey Barlog's Ooh. reboot actually, I guess, continuation of the God of War series, his version of Kratos is profoundly amazing. You're talking about a man who started off as the greatest Spartan warrior of his day, who killed a Hydra, who fought, yes, hordes 
of zombies and undead and Valkyrie, legendary Valkyrie. He's also fought in Jotunheim against the ice giants. He has conversed with Jormungandr. He has crossed the fjord of, of Thor's realm. He has obtained not only the chaos blades, but also the incredible axe crafted by the dwarves, the weapon that he can throw, the indestructible cuts through anything weapon, you know, like a lightsaber, that he can throw and recall <laughs> by virtue of his connection with it. He brings up and raises yet another god. He is himself a god. He killed Ares, the original god of war, and then he kills Zeus. He has killed gods. This is the guy who brings danger to the table when you are surrounded by the undead because nothing is going to survive the barrage of his axe, of his chaos blades, and of his freaking fists. Love it. Dan, a two-minute rebuttal. Well, this is an easy rebuttal because I bought a mortal man that had powers. You brought a demigod. You know, Kratos' father is Zeus. Of course, he's got an unfair advantage. Yes, he can fight a Hydra. Yes, he can wield these mythical weapons because he's half God himself. Uh, you know, so that's not really, I mean, yes, he can do all these amazing things, but really, uh, you know, it, it, is this fair? But, and let me go back a step because um, now that I think about it, his mother was a God too, it's Calypso. Uh, so she's a, she's a God of the water. And we've even seen her in, Pirates of the Caribbean. She she's a chaos god, um, but he's he's a god. He's really not a mere mortal. Um, so that's yeah. I mean yeah, he can obliterate stuff left and right. But he was kind of that way in a way. Um, yes, he defeated Ares. Probably not that hard. I mean, Wonder Woman did it with some bolts of lightning, really. Uh, and she's made of clay. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent that was excellent you know it, it you can go ahead and tell me that you know his his parentage is of the gods uh but i will point out that the paternity of anakin is the entire force so i mean here you have someone who was conceived of the force and then went on to achieve lordhood but never quite reached godhood kratos Yes, he was, you know, his parentage is also God's, but he ends up earning his godhood because he didn't realize what his parentage was in the beginning. He had to learn about it and then he had to earn it. And then he killed gods who had lived before him for eons. They had eons of more experience than him and he still beat them. And then finally, in the end, he not only conquers evil, he not only conquers giants, he not only conquers gods, but he conquers his own internal demons. And he gives us one of our most treasured gods in any, uh, in any pantheon. He, spoilers, spoilers. He gives us Loki. I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. Very nice. Well, I am taking one more quick second to, uh, to tabulate some of this, um, just to give a couple of notes. Uh, Krebs, even though it was an oblique reference, I still am going to count this is Sparta as a pit reference for this round. Um, also, I have to appreciate the whole God versus the machine uh, thing that's going on here. Um, 
you know, uh, he really is a BAMF Freddy Krueger. So thank you, Dan, for that. No mind <laughs> tricks. That was a solid choke. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, so, uh, you know, a bonus 66 points there, which we'll get to in just a moment. <laughs> Quick question. Is this zombie encounter with Vader still canon? Yes. Can you name a second zombie uh, that is still in canon by chance? A second zombie Mm. book in Star Wars? Yes. Well, I'm sure there are. I can't think of any at the moment. Uh... Well, I mean... I mean, I... I mean, I know there were some Knights of the Old Republic, but I can't remember if the online game. I mean, that... Palpatine came back from the dead. That's true. You're right. The clones, <laughs> yeah, the clones technically could be considered a zombie because he was not even fully formed. Yeah. So, uh, so which book did your story come from? Called Death Troopers. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm thinking of the same book. I apologize. Okay. All okay, right. Fine. Fine. Whatever. Fine. That's the fine. only book. Um, fine. A, a big a big note uh vader's father is indeed the force i wrote that down i underlined it lined it yes. krebs called it out so he's going to get some bonus points there That's for fine. that um however i did appreciate you acknowledging that we're made of clay i thought that was quite yes. funny that was amazing um, krebs way to earn the burn man go going for that character arc and just you know just so proud of you i feel like we've grown so much together over the last two years uh, just remember <laughs> the real treasure was the demons that we fought along the way. Um, some some uh, bonus uh, 666 points. I'm just going to only do two sixes, though. Um, so, uh, yeah, congratulations there. Um, Mr. Dan, or, or excuse me, Mr. Krebs, how would you rate Darth Vader in the D category out of 10? Um, you know what? Like, even though he's not a god, I would say he's a god among Force users. He is legend. Uh, he is that to which all Force users aspire, be they good or evil, right? Um, I give Vader a 10. I cannot think of a scenario in the zombie apocalypse that he could not overcome. There, there is no flaw there. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Dan, tell us how you feel about the god of war himself. Kratos. Kratos is a great character. Um, I love Greek mythology. So the fact that Krebs went there is just perfect. Um, I, I love Greek, Norse, Roman mythology. Uh, mythology is just my jam. So uh, I'm going to have to go with a 10 as well. I, I, I really, because it, it's a great character. He, and he can't, you know, with throwing out Vader, he found a good character to, to, to match up with him. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Well, we have uh, some interesting uh, results here. Um, we have uh, the the highest scoring character uh, ever in Red Dome today. I just want you to know, as the official scorekeeper and protector of the Hall of Fame, we, we have some entrants today. Um, a quick question for both of you. Yes. Now that you've both heard the other person's team, let's assume that all three of these characters ended up on opposite sides of this arena. Which team is going to be able to make it through their side of the arena 
first in your opinions, because while I do agree that there are some particularly excellent characters here, I, I've noticed that not all of them are great team players. <laughs> um, I like two of mine would be awesome together. I mean, yeah. Milo and Vader, I can only imagine the upgrades and insane amounts of uh, arsenal that he could uh, equip to Vader and his, his robotic limbs. Uh, my weak spot out of my three would definitely be uh, Ash. Uh, but I think that would work because, you know, Vader would just pick Ash up and fling him forward and let him create havoc and chaos in front while he just goes in and starts devastating Krebs' team. Thank you very much. Mr. Krebs, yeah. how do you feel? So uh, taking sort of a similar approach of perspective, I think that... Um, Daryl and Jerry Lane would be the best team players, but they would be great supports for Kratos. They could keep the other two busy while Kratos and Vader duked it out. But even if it were just Vader and Kratos in an arena together, if I'm being fair, only because of Vader's force abilities, um, even though Kratos could withstand a, an extremely elongated fight, I think Vader might have the advantage just via the force. Uh, Vader has the force and Kratos has force of will and he has brute force, but he doesn't have the force. So I think Vader might have the advantage on this one. Well, not only that, you know, the angrier Vader gets, he's like the Hulk, the more powerful he gets. But the same is true of Kratos. Yeah. The only, but, but Kratos does not, I, I, Kratos does have some, if you take the games, which you kind of have to as canon, yeah. then, I mean, there are some really cool things that he can do. And he does have sort of like area of effect, but he yeah. can't reach, he can't reach out across the arena and force choke someone. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, Vader's done it across galaxies. I, I think, I think Kratos would give Vader a good fight, but I think Vader yes. has the advantage. Gentlemen, thank you both for your insights this evening. I happen to agree with basically all of your notes. Um, in round one, the R, again, stood for reactions. How quickly does a character react to new information? How effectively do they respond? It's more than just keeping cool, though that should definitely be considered. We had Ash versus Jerry Lane. In first place in round one with points was Ash. Uh, Jerry came in. Uh, with 22 points, just a little ways behind. In round two, we had adaptability. How capable is the character when their greatest strengths aren't available? What makes them a unique fit for the apocalypse? Keep in mind, this is not only street smarts, knowledge also matters. We had uh, Daryl from The Walking Dead coming from Mr. Krebs against Milo Anderson from Monster Hunter with Dan. And in round two, uh, Daryl ended up pulling ahead in bonus points, uh, coming out to a 35 and a half, a very respectable number against Milo's 27. Fair enough. Nice, nice. In round three, the D stands for what, gentlemen? Darth danger. Vader. Oh, dang it, danger. I knew it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. And that therein lies our two highest scores to date uh, for individual characters within Rad Dome. Uh, Darth Vader came in at 93. Oh. And... Kratos came in just a little ways behind him at 89. So uh, the big thing that uh, saved you there was uh, 
yeah, it's Vader. Let's let's just be honest. I, I don't want to make that guy angry. <laughs> when we add everything up, Dan, you got a score of 146. Krebs, you had a score of 146 and a half. Krebs takes this round by a slim lead thanks to Dan's generosity in round two, giving the extra half point, bringing us tie heat in the rad dome, two and two for Mr. Krebs and Mr. Dan. Krebs, give us a 30-second victory speech, and then let's pass it back to Dan to take us out. If I had lost this particular rad dome, I would be ashamed of myself as a zombie apocalypse fan. I would have to contact uh, the guillotine team and say, I am no longer allowed to play Zombicide. Please take my stuff. I am grateful that I won this, even if only by a half point. I had a roster of uh, ultimately 11 people, chose a 12th out of the air, and that, in the end, was the half point difference. And Dan, thank you very much. That was a, that was a vicious fight, and you did amazingly well. Thank you. That was fantastic, dude. Thank you, everybody. Um, uh, also, make sure to uh, you know go and enjoy your favorite franchises out there, no matter what they be. Zombies come in all different shapes, sizes, and flavors, and the people that fight them do as well. Thank you, gentlemen, for participating this evening. Dan? All right. Uh, I'll, I'll take us out of here. So this was an epic, epic red zone. We were discussing this, and death troopers just popped in my head i'm like oh there it is there's the golden <laughs> chariot um and the fact that it's only a half a point victory that's awesome uh congrats to you i will definitely give you that i only picked four people uh vader was my my secret weapon i had milo anderson i had uh ash williams and my other one was actually henry morgan from my own book series which nice. I, I didn't pull up I almost um, dropped that. I almost dropped that name too when you were talking about Milo. I was like, "Oh, you're not gonna you're gonna have to choose Henry." That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> on my list. I just left it at that board, but I didn't feel like he fit uh, with with those two because uh, he, he just barely fights zombies. Uh, but I felt Milo was the better one. Uh, but the the thing is, and this is what I love about this is these wins are just sometimes they're massive and sometimes they're just by the skin of the teeth so the fact that it was a half a point and i pulled out vader i i i'm okay with that that loss um it was a good fight it was so a folks, great fight it, it was folks please please if you enjoy these uh rad domes let us know we definitely enjoy them it's all ad lib um we're not researching and having these long lists i mean we're trying to remember out of the top of our head we'll glance a little bit and, uh, so sometimes if it sounds like oh my gosh why don't you use this or this or that it's because we're in the heat of battle and you know when you're in the heat of battle you don't remember everything that's true um, i mean there is a whole plethora of force abilities that i probably could have thrown out there uh with Peter. there's a whole bunch of other things i could have done with Ash milo it, the same with kratos and with daryl um and Jerry, I mean, we, we could have, and, and probably in the next day or two, we're like, oh man, why didn't I say that? But that's because we're in the thick of that. We're duking it out. It's all ad lib. And that's the fun of this. So please, if you enjoy it, let us know. Um, not only that, uh, we, we appreciate your listenership and we want to hear more from you. I, you know, we do have the discord. 
uh, server. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram. We would love to hear more from you. We want to hear what you want to want from the show because ultimately, as fun as this is for us, we want it to be just as fun for you. We want it to be informative, and we want to hear from you guys. That's something that we used to hear a lot of. Kind of dwindled. We we realize that, um, but we want to bring it back. We want the show to be awesome and spectacular and want it to be fun and exciting so with that said we'll catch you next time and dungeon crawlers whether it is in the streets of new york the heat of battle or the fiery pits of mustafar tell your story whatever may come and whether you're going to win by a landslide or by a mere half point be epic and don't suck Remember, the force will be with you, always.